0: There are baseball collectors, and then there's Geddy Lee. He was a singer and bass player for the Canadian band Rush. Back in December of 2023, he pulled together about 300 items from his baseball memorabilia collection to set up for an auction. His collection is very large, and some of the items are well worth over $100,000 just to start. Why did he do this? Welcome to That's Life. I swear. This podcast is about life's happenings in this world that conjure up such words as intriguing, frightening, life-changing, inspiring, and more. I'm Rick Barron, your host. That said, here's the rest of this story. After more than 40 years of building this massive collection, Lee put up some 300 items for sale in a live auction. The auction was titled Selections from the Getty Lee Collection, an important baseball Memorabilia, which was presented by Christie's, that took place on December 6, 2023. In a pretty extraordinary narrative, the story unfolds as Getty Lee, the Canadian rock sensation from Rush, assumed an unexpected role as the archivist of America's most cherished pastime. Engaging in a phone conversation from his secluded home office, Getty Lee requests a moment to retrieve a very special baseball a seemingly unremarkable item with a story etched in his memory. Among the hundreds in his possession, this baseball holds minimal monetary value, overshadowed by others that are well worth over a hundred thousand dollars, and are adorned with signatures of US presidents and baseball hall of famers. I mean some of these baseballs have been thrown in no hitters and hit for milestone home runs. However, Lee reaches for a baseball signed by Burt Shepard, a left-handed pitcher who pitched only one game in the major leagues before fading into obscurity. When Shepard signed the ball, would you believe he found room between the seams to write his life story? Sounds impossible, but bear me out. Burt wrote on the baseball, I lost my right leg being shot down over Germany in World War II. I got a new leg and pitched for the Washington Senators on August 14th, 1945, he continues, I gave up one run and three hits in five and one-third innings. After Lee completes reading the inscription, he starts laughing. But it's an emotional laugh, as if the smile is helping him choke back something more. Needless to say that when Getty gathered articles to be put up for sale, Bert Shepard's baseball wasn't in the pile. I mean, how could anyone put a price on something like that. In the realm of pure guilt-free enjoyment, this embodies it. At 70, Lee, the esteemed bass player and vocalist of the Canadian rock band Sensation Rush, stands proudly within the hallowed halls of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, his distinctive signature etched into its very walls. He epitomizes the essence of a true rock star in every conceivable way. Lee is a very meticulous curator of the American pastime. And what do I mean? Over the years, Lee's office became a treasure trove of baseball memorabilia. I mean, this guy has a 1917 Chicago White Sox ball signed by Shoeless Joe Jackson, a 1942 Negro Leagues ball signed by Josh Gibson, and a Mickey Mantle bat that's been traced back to the 1960 World Series. I mean, it is a collection of rock and roll excess, but also a passion and stewardship. Over 300 items from Lee's collection was auctioned by Christie's on December 6 of 2023. And the auction house estimated that the Beatles baseball alone would be worth upwards of $300,000. I mean, that's just the start. Same for the Mickey Mouse uh, baseball bat and a ball signed by Rube Waddell. One of the Kenny autographed baseballs was also said to fetch at least $100,000 just to start. Now, other items that went under the auctioneer's hammer were the following. baseballs signed by various U.S. presidents. Artifacts that belonged to Shoeless Joe Jackson, such as trophies and old photos. The final out balls from both of Johnny Vandermeer's back-to-back no-hitters. Boy, that's got to give you chills. A ball signed by all of the four Beatles, estimated at about maybe $300,000. A Lou Gehrig bat, starting off between four hundred to $600,000 to start. And jerseys worn by Babe Ruth and Hank Aarons, get this, starting at $1 million and up. When viewed abstractly, it boils down to greed, said Lee, the desire to possess the game to own a fragment of each exceptional player, to cradle in your hand a ball autograph by the likes of Lou Gehrig. It evolved into a compelling passion for him. What's telling, though, are the pieces Lee had decided to keep and the unmistakable care with which he accumulated so many artifacts in the first place. As Lee put it, baseballs, nobody owns them. They're like houses. You take care of them for a while, and then they move on to the next person the next custodian, he would say. Baseball had a very special place in Lee's heart, despite his path not leading him to the major leagues. During his childhood in Toronto, he attempted to join a local team, but it just didn't pan out. Listening to American League broadcasts from Buffalo, he became enamored with legends like Norm Cash and Al Kaline, as well as the Tiger teams of the 1960s. In those days, Toronto had a Triple A team, as the Blue Jays wouldn't make their debut for over a decade. Lee, fueled by his passion, would hop on a streetcar to witness the pros in action. The image of the wooden bleachers remains vivid in his memory. Entering the 1970s, Lee had transitioned into the realm of music. The thrill of playing the game was substituted with the exhilaration of performing on a stage. As he made his way across the U.S. and Canada, he embraced a musician's lifestyle. Sleeping in many hotels well past noon, indulging in breakfast at 1 p.m. in the afternoon and scanning television channels for daytime entertainment. It was during this quest that he stumbled upon Cubs games on WGN and later Braves games on TBS. This discovery reignited his fervor and Lee found himself captivated and driven by a newfound obsession. When the broadcast mentioned players from bygone eras Lee would pull out his baseball encyclopedia book that he owned to research them. He was thrilled at the colorful nicknames of the past. He read Hoopla by Harry Stein and "The South Ball by Mark Harris. He discovered the writing of Roger Angel and Roger Kahn. In 1979, he returned home from tour and contacted the Blue Jays. They were only in their third year of existence and on their way to a third straight 100-loss season. And purchase season tickets, which he shared with his brother. Getty and his brother would ride their bikes to the vintage exhibition stadium in Toronto to catch as many blue jay games as possible. He would try to attend as many games when he wasn't on the road. Rush had already three albums certified gold. In a little more than a year, the band would begin recording its iconic five times platinum moving pictures. During that summer, Lee remembers even as a 25-year-old kid riding his bike along with his brother to baseball games. The game of baseball was in Getty's blood. There was no doubt about it. Now, there's a hint of mystery as Lee suggests he acquired baseball signed with the autographs of every member of the 3000 Hit Club. Now, initially graced with over 20 signatures, including luminaries like Ty Cobb, Eddie Collins, Trish Speaker, and Stan Musial, it has evolved over time. Through a web of connections with the game, Lee has skillfully maintained its relevance, adding modern legends such as Miguel Gabriel and Albert Pujols. Lee admits it was a big job to keep adding to it, and he says, I'm running out of space as well. Lee was hesitant at first to ask for autographs. His bandmate, Neil Burt, was very leery of the celebrity uh, spotlight, and Lee didn't like the idea of hassling ball players on the field or in the clubhouse. He came into autograph collecting purely by chance. His blossoming obsession to a Blue Jays front office connection who gifted Lee and his brother a set of baseballs signed by various American League players. With those baseballs tucked away at home, Lee was on tour in Kansas City when he came across a memorabilia shop and purchased a single photo of Satchel Page and another of Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world. Soon after, he called that Kansas City shop that he was in, looking for advice on obtaining a special item. Lee told the guy, you know what, I got it in my head, and I think this is how every collector starts. Wouldn't it be cool to have a baseball signed by Babe Ruth? The shop collector became a dear friend and mentor, who eventually got him a Babe Ruth ball. When Lee acquired the 3,000-hit ball, he was a shop owner who encouraged him to keep adding signatures. To not just admire a piece of history, but to maintain it and enhance it. Immersed in the world of visual sports, Lee found himself enjoying the game of what they call rotisserie baseball. A game of strategic planning and calculated risk. It's another way to see this as what we call today, fantasy baseball. His league, renowned for its complexity and competitiveness, demanded a deep understanding of a player's stats and an unwavering commitment to the virtual field. Lee, despite his undeniable skill, had not emerged victorious since 2019, A fact he acknowledged with a hint of sleepishness. Truth is, Lee has his own place in baseball history. Lee threw the ceremonial first pitch for the Blue Jays' home opener in 2013, and he sang the Canadian National Anthem for the All-Star Game in 1993. With no pitch pipe and no accompaniment, Lee walked up to the microphone and sang a cappella but not before someone from the TV network told him that he would be happy to know 80 million people were watching from home, which did little to calm his nerves. The whole thing ended up being a very super experience for me and very memorable, he said. But it's one of those things, once you do it, why would you do it again? Lee's brother-in-law took a picture of him from the stands, and 30 years later, that picture is still framed in Lee's office. He added it to his baseball collection that day, Though he didn't mean to. Lee possesses an innate appetite for collecting and has immersed himself in the study of history. His collections span art, wine, and even an entire book dedicated to his assortment of bass guitars. Recently, he's ventured into the realm of watch collecting. Surprisingly, his baseball collection serves as a unique lens through which he gains a profound insight into American history. He treasures a 1946 Montreal Royals baseball, graced with the signature of the iconic Jackie Robinson. Oh, that is sweet. For Lee, a Canadian, this particular piece holds a distinct and marvelous significance for him. As a collector, though, Lee has come to believe that collections need to be tended and they need to be fed. So in recent years, Lee realized he stopped feeding his baseball collection. In 2008, He purchased more than 200 baseballs signed by Negro League players and immediately donated the entire set to the Negro League's baseball museum. He's made enough connections that people in the game still gift him artifacts. But he won't sell any of the the gifts. They're priceless in their own way. I kept a lot of personal things, and a lot of things that I felt my grandson perhaps would be interested to take over eventually in time, Lee said. Packing his office for the sale that happened in December of 2023, Lee said it was an emotional experience for him. Each item had a history and a story, and some of them Lee had acquired in especially memorable ways. They meant something beyond those hefty price tags. But when Lee finished packing, he dug into his archive to better display the items he was not ready or willing to let go. Within three days, Lee's wife came into his office and said, I thought you were going to sell all these baseballs. Lee said, well, yeah, some. Some stories and some baseballs just aren't for sale. As Lee said, some of these things are so symbolic of the life of a person to me. I sit in the stands as a fan, and I marvel about the beauty of the sport and the grace with which it's played. In almost every game, something happens that you've never seen before. I mean, that's baseball to me. The items I've collected over the years, I collected with passion. I collected with love. And I just have too much. It's time to share with the world again. And brother, that's fine with me. So what can we learn from this story? What's the takeaway? For over 40 years, Getty built a massive collection of baseball memorabilia. He collected with passion. As he said, he collected with love. But he knew it came to a point that he had to let it go. It was just way too much. Getty felt it was an education and a privilege to have had the opportunity to gather such a collection of baseball history. What was he to do? The answer was simple, he said. It's time to share with the world again and give other collectors an opportunity to enjoy the fun I had all these years. Well, there you go, my friends. That's life, I swear. For further information regarding the material covered in this episode, I invite you to visit my website, which you can find on either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, for show notes calling out key pieces of content mentioned and the episode transcript. As always, I thank you for listening and your interest. Be sure to subscribe here or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. See you soon!